Mahtavaa. Thank you. The recording has started. Thank you very much, Rabari, for all the hard work and hachanas uh, that you make and for the Abbas's Torah and all the Chashuva people listening. I'm going to try the next half hour or so to just share some Achshavas which I think need focus and we've probably been thinking about certainly many of them beginning of Pesach and now coming to Shvi Yishol Pesach and Kriyas Yamsuf and Shira. Let me begin with a question that I always had. I can't call it a kasha, but certainly a question. You can't call it a kasha because one of the main, you say this, we're going to try to speak about is that we have no kashas on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, obviously. We have, in weak moments, questions. We have the understanding that we don't understand everything, and we will perhaps later. And even Meshur Abenu, and with that disclaimer, my question is as follows: Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviachal knew clearly and planned clearly when the Gula from Mitzrayim would be. Shiloh, the numbers are 430, 400, 210, Redu. The Iker Inui, 86 years, they're different Shlavim as they got into the Shibud, and it got worse and worse, and that itself was Midas Arachimim, they were able to get used to each Shlav. But there was a number, there was a number of what we had to be Yetzi in terms of the Golas, and Akash Baruch Hu had an exact date. And the question, which I think is obvious, if Akash Baruch Hu had a date, and it was clear that there was a time when we'd be able to leave and go to the Midbar, go to Harsinai. Why is it that the night before Yitzit Yitzrayim, we still don't know exactly when we're leaving, Kosh Baruch Hu says, take your walking stick, and sort of, as we would say in English, sit on the edge of your seat, have the knapsacks and the suitcase packed, have the 47 children ready to go, and... Everything was so quick and so dramatic and so drastic in terms of the change the next morning that, as we know, we didn't have time even to let the chalas rise, hence one of the many reasons for matzah. Why did it have to play out like that? If Akash Baruch Hu had the date and everything was bashert and we're leaving at a point that was preordained, so to speak, why is it that it had to be executed in a rush? Why couldn't it be done 
in what we would call a calm matter three weeks before, three months before, start packing, and we're going to leave at such and such time. Why does it need to happen in such a dramatic way? The answer, I believe, and we find this theme a lot throughout uh, the Nisianis and the Golas and the Geula and the Yeshuas, that Gosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyachal, often does things in a way where it's going to, so to speak, grab our attention. So we should be able to notice this is the Yad Hashem. This is not just history playing out. This is not just a coincidence. This is the Yad Hashem. And Akash Baruch Hu sends Ramazim and Simonim, so we should know that this is something that should wake us up, and we should understand the godless of the moment. And the greatest Nisim that happened were the Nisim in Sias Mitzrayim. And yes, for that reason, everything had to be just in time, at the last moment, culminating with Kriyas Yamsuf. Didn't have to be an action jumping in and that the lives look like they hang in balance, and they did to the last moment. The answer is that if we're going to grow from it and learn something from it, that in Midas Arachamim is the best way to have it play out for our growth and our noticing that it all depends on every ounce of Ishtadlus in terms of Aruchnius, of Mesiris Nefesh, of patience, of Bitochan and Amuna, and therefore often it's going to be at the last moment. That introduction is really what the Ibn Ezra and the Ramban tell us about Denisa Mitzitz Estrayim, again culminating with Kriyas Yamsuf, it's to teach us that the Gosh Baruch Hu is watching every moment and is watching everybody, all the details of their mitzvahs and the things they don't yet do right. And Ashkocha Pratis is learned out from the fact that the Gosh Baruch Hu is controlling the world by Yitzhak Yitzrayim, and he controls it in a way to get our, our attention, Kaviyachal. We have to take that into our personal lives and everything that happens, and we sometimes wonder, and again, a weak moment, why does it have to be so challenging, and why does it have to be at the last minute, and why does it have to take our breath away? The answer is, we wouldn't notice otherwise, and we wouldn't be able to be pushed to our full potential. There's a very fascinating kasha, which the Mepharshim and the Agada ask, and the Paiskim talk about, uh, why is it that there's no bracha on Hallel during the Agada? So some say the bracha is Asher Galano, some say we're going from the bracha from Mayruv, and Gal Yisrael, some say that those of the meaning to say Hallel in Shul, the bracha that, on that is Hal on the Hallel later. And many say that Hallel is broken up into two parts, and there's a hefsik in between with the Metzimatza, and the Suda, and we can't make a bracha because it's not one unit. And that just obviously triggers the next question, and that is, why indeed did Chazal break up Hallel? Something we should think about if we didn't yet. Why is Hallel in two parts? One very common mahalach is the fact that Hallel, in the first two kapitulach, talks about specifically Yitzhiyat Yitzrayim, and the chilek of Higad Labincha, what we know about is Maschilin, Beganai, we talk about the Nisim, we talk about the challenges, we talk about how we grew from them and we survived as Klai Yisrael, we became Klai Yisrael. 
And that part we know about, and I think we spend a long time, every Lel say, they're speaking about. What we don't realize, and this is the aside and why the first halal has to be dafka before Metzi Matzah is part of Magid, part of the Gatla Bincha, part of the message for the next dar and for ourselves, is that the halal, the hadaya, the shira has to be part and parcel of Edith Hashem. It's not just value added that, yes, when we're saved, you should also say thank you. The purpose of the Nisayan is to help us grow, and part of the growth, a big part, is to come close to a Baruch Hu, and to call out to him, to daven, and to say thank you. All the Peskim say that the Shvach of the first Baruch is Ma'akev in the Kavana, but many Peskim say Ma'adim is Ma'akev as well. The person doesn't say Bakashas, but the Kavanas wouldn't be Ma'akev. A person can't have Kavana for his own Bakashas, so then it's not an issue. But if you can't thank Hashem with the proper Kavana, that is going to be Ma'akev. And somebody mentioned to me recently, said one of the things he's noticed about his own davening and his own Baruchas is that there are many words in Ma'adim and and benching and simple brachas that he never noticed before. And now he's taking notice because you wake up in the morning, you're breathing, and the breathing's going well, and if it's not going well, Rahman a chance to dive in it should go well, but we don't take it for granted. And one of the things you have to bring with us after the challenge that we still are dealing with now is not to forget. We shouldn't need the reminder. The fact is that in the first two kapitaloch, there's a theme that's highlighted, which is very boilet in Az Yashir as well. Talks about Akash Baruch Hu's exalted status, Ramak al Gayim, Mika Shem al Kenma Bila Shavis. He's so exalted. We're talking about Gaiva over here in a positive way. The Gayas of Akash Baruch Hu. And despite that, Hashem is still Mashbili Liris. Comes down to look. And everything that's going on here on earth and everything that's sent to us is sent on the cloud level, on the individual level, to test us. And most importantly, the test is only, it's only a test if we can pass it, and to push us to grow, to push us to say, Hodayu with more kavana, to come closer with our tefillah. You look at Az Yashir. So Az Yashir begins, the Shira Az Shem. And the first thing we say, Gaiva is a horrible midah, but not when we describe HaGosh Baruch Hu with this midah. HaGosh Baruch Hu's midah over here is to show that only HaGosh Baruch Hu is involved and controls the entire Bria and every detail of everybody's life. And Amun and Bitochen over here from Yitzhak Yisrael is supposed to teach us that HaKosh Baruch Hu is always watching, always pushing. And he took the Mitzrayim, known for many Chazals, from their tremendous gaiva, and threw them down. It's obvious to everybody, the first two Yitzhak we just spoke about, HaKosh Baruch Hu sends things that wake us up. HaKosh Baruch Hu sends things that we can't figure out. HaKosh Baruch Hu is mashpil geim, when he comes and he shows us, he can have a microscopic organism, and you can have something you can't see, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, all your technology, all your power, all your know-how, everything you think you had, your economies, your armies, the world powers, doesn't mean a thing, HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
tells us if I want to show you in one moment that if you don't recognize that I'm giving you the keiches for all this and that you have to thank me and that you have to come closer and use it to come closer, it's not going to be working in your direction. That's clearly, and I think we all understand that, the message over here in Haladavarhu. It's something so bizarre. And the contrast and the change is so great. It's similar to the Yitzhak Sitzrayim and the things that happened under pressure, things that changed all of a sudden, the things that were pushing us to notice. And I'm sure it's not a coincidence, nothing's a coincidence, that's why it happened. And the Imeagula started on Perm and goes to Pesach, and we hope the quicker we learn these lessons, the quicker the Midas HaRachamim will take it away, but we have to bring these lessons with us. The Mesvira connect Pesach to Kabbalah Sotera. Also, obviously, not a coincidence. It's not a side mitzvah. The Mesvira, certainly the Achanus for Kabbalah Sotera, Kabbalah Sotera for men, the Amelis in learning, the Asmada, the raising of the bar in our learning, and for the Nashim Tzedkanias, the help with that, the being machzik Torah of their children, their husbands, wherever they can lend a hand, but much more than that. Kabbalah Sotera is not only the learning per se, it's the mysterious nefesh that it represents and the diktuk b'mitzvahs and the Yerushalayim that it brings. Probably the most famous chazal concerning Sfiris Eimer, Kabbalah Shabbos on Daf Lama Gimel. Easy to remember. It's about Rosh Hashanah and Zdav Lama Gimel. You won't forget that one. And let me begin, before we analyze the Gemara, let me begin with a very fascinating thing I saw. So last year I spoke about it a little bit. I'd like to expand on it in Ayol Syrig, which are the Shmuzim from Aram Leish Steinman Zatzal. And he mentions that the Mishnah on Shabbos, on Tessama Beis, says that there's a din which isn't a geah to anybody today, and even then it was rare, but there was a din that for certain Yechidei Skula, who were Tarasam Nasan, they never wasted a minute, they learned Yom Avalayla, they still have to stop to do the Mitzvah Shabagufa, that it's Yev Shalasa Dayacherim, if they're the Mitzvah Dereses, Kriya Shema, Lulav, and Tefillin, and the mission there says that they're Masik for Kriya Shema, they're not Masik for Tefillin. Let's talk about Mincha. So Mincha is a Chiv Drabanon, and Mincha with a Minyan is a special treat which we're looking forward to having soon. And if it's Rav Shimber, a very select group in the time of the Tanayim, which doesn't exist now for many generations, who never wasted a moment, they had a Chiv to stop for Kriya Shema, but not for Tefillah. Tesis on Yeral from an Aleph, Esakasha. And he asked the Kasha based on the Sugya Lama Gimel, the famous story where Shimba Yachai made a comment which was on the market, and obviously he meant it and he didn't take it back, but it caused a Sakana which he had to, um, to deal with. And he mentioned that the Roman government uh, was building roads, but they were doing it to collect tolls, and everything they did was self serving, and that was true. And he wanted to Make that clear, Shailov Lesikhanim. And the government had an order for his execution. He had to run with his son, Rabbi Lazar Shimon. Points out that an interesting din, normally, to put yourself in Sakana living in a cave for 12 years, is real physical Sakana Stafashis. There were Nisim Gluyim, and he had the 
the tree that fed him and Lamaisa, they had to dig themselves up to the neck in sand because the one article of clothing they had had to be kept so that when they had to daven, they can use it. And it had to last. They had no idea how long they'd be there. And side Chiddush, Rabbi Elizabeth Shimon went along, even though you're not allowed to put yourself in such graves, kind of for somebody else. Apparently, for Kibbutz of Aim, for his father, he realized he had to go along. And of course, he was the tremendous beneficiary of the learning that they accomplished there, which we'll get to in a moment. So they ran to the cave, and Tesis brings from the Gemara that the Lushan there is clear. They would bury themselves in sand when they were learning. And when they had to daven, they would get out, undig themselves, put on their cloaks, daven, and then they would rebury themselves. So that's an avaidah. And sand up to your neck, you have to get out, get dressed. And they did that, and be done saluya. Saluya sounds like davening. Normally in Shas, the word saluya means Shman Esrei. And Taisus asks, but the Gemara's example is Rabbi Shem Bayachai. He didn't have to daven, he had to say Kriya Shema. And Taisus answers that it means Kriya Shema, it doesn't mean Shman Esrei. He brings other Achrayim say that once they had to get up for Kriya Shema, they davened. The Steinman brings from a Sefer Terezev, a very fascinating answer. And he says that the sheet of the Ramban is that tefillah is the Rabbanon. The Rambam holds this Teresa once a day. The three times is the Rabbanon. The Ramban says tefillah is minatera when it's an ace sara. When there's an emergency situation, then tefillah becomes the Reisa because Baruch Hu wants us to cry out. Hashem Kaviachal wants the tefillah of Yidin all the time. But when it's ace sara, we're mandated midaresa to call out and to daven. And he says, the matzah of Rabbi Shimon in the cave, being wanted men by the government, and it was dangerous, the Sakana was every moment they might be found, and it was an Eitzara, and therefore their tefillah was the right, and therefore they had to get out to not just say Kriyashma, but they had to daven. And Steinman points out, says, quotes uh, Victor Nevensal, that he's the brother of the old city, and he says, well, how do you call it an Eitzara? They accomplished so much, before he went in, but all the Sisrei Terra and all the godless that they achieved was through the years in the Mara. So how do you call that an Eitzara? And he even brings down from the Piet, which we all know. We sing on, many sing on Lag Baimer, Bayachai Meshav Tev Yashafta. So Meshav Tev, sounds like you had a, a good, good yeshiva there. Well, was it an Eitzara or wasn't it? And the answer he says is that it's not a stira. You can have an Eitzara, which we don't ask for, and we say, love the Danish sign every morning in davening. But Lamaisa, an Eitzara is here for us, for our growth, for our ruchnius. It has to be utilized. And yes, it ended up being a Moshe of Taiv, and it ended up being something that Rabbi Shemba grew from exponentially. But it was an Eitzara, and the tefillah was the Reisa. And he goes on to bring from the rest of the Gemara, the Roshim Ba'achai had a son-in-law, Pilchas Ben Yar, from the Gedele Yisrael. And before Roshim Ba'achai went into the Mara, he used to talk and learning with the son-in-law, and he used to ask the Kasha, Pilchas Ben Yar gave him 12 answers. And after he came out of the Mara, Pilchas Ben Yar still from the G'day Adar, but clearly there was a difference in Rabbi Shem learning and where it got to. And when Rabbi Pinchas Banyar 
saw him and he started crying. He looked terrible. He survived, but physically it was so difficult. And he said, I see you like this. And Rabbi Shemba'echai says, No, Ashrecha, do you see me like this? Because I gained. And the Gemara says, Before I went in, I asked you, Akasha, you had 12 Terutzim. And now you ask me, Akasha, and I have 24 Terutzim. So the Gemara's focus is on, the Gemara doesn't even talk about the Zaya Kaddish and all the Nister. That also, but the fact that he grew in his own learning, in his own Havana, Yes, it was an Eitzara, but he understood why it was there, and he used every moment of it to grow. There's a focus these weeks on a certain capital in Tehillim. We're saying a lot of Tehillim, and people need it. They should have a Rufu Shleim and a Yeshua, and Klai Yisrael should be able to get their shuls back and their yeshivas back, and we should be Zeichelakach very soon. The one capital that has been given a lot of focus is Yeshua B'Seser. Rightfully so. Yeshua B'Seser, Chazal says, the capital that is a shmir against Pagayim, against plagues. And I mentioned something, the beginning of Yantiv, which I'd like to share and expand a little bit. The Pasuk at the beginning, it's Kapitol Tzadi Aleph, Yeshua B'Seser, Eliyam, B'Tzel, Shaka, Yisla, Nun. Rashi says, look it up afterwards, Rashi Right in the Pesach and Tehillim, Tzadi Aleph, Yeshib, Rashi says, what's the Pshat? This is about a shmir against Pagayim, but the whole capital is about building Bitochan, building Amuna. Yeshib, Rashi says, Mishu hu, Chaisa, Beseser, If a person puts their trust on Kashbaruch, when they run to Kashbaruch for protection, they realize we know it intellectually, but they internalize that Kosh Baruch Hu is always completely in charge, and every decision, large and small, is only made in Shemayim. Hu yislonon b'tziloi. The more we raise the bar and the b'tach the more we will have protection in the tzel, in the shadow, and the protection of a Kosh Baruch Hu, Shakosh Baruch Hu, Megan Olav. Similar to the Pesach, Ashri Agever, Sheyiftach, Bashem. The higher the level of bitachan, the higher Hashem Miftacha, a mirror image, will have more hashkachapratis and more tziat deshmaya. That's Rashi's introduction to Kapitel Tzadi Aleph. If you look at the Radak, amazing thing in this Radak, Radak points out that this Kapitel is written by Moshe Rabbeinu, and from Tvila Moshe onwards, and he says the Kapitel, the 11 that are here, Written by Moshe Rabbeinu, Keneged, the 11 Shvatim. Yes, if it's together. Tfil Moshe, Radak says, Keneged Ruvain. It says, Toshav Enosh Adaka, Keneged Yechi Ruvain Val Yomus. And then he tells us what the secret behind Yeshev is Elyon. Who is that Keneged? So if you're following, you know the numbers in the sequence. Yeshev is Elyon is Keneged Shevet Levi. Shahaya Mislanan be Azaris. I think it's an important Nakuda. You hear about Shevet Levi, what they accomplished in Mitzrayim, and they kept the Masera going, and what they did in the Midbar, and they were the vanguard, so to speak, against Chet Egel, and everything that happened in Levim were helping Moshe Rabbeinu, and they saved Klaius all time and time again. It's pretty clear that at this particular point in Klaius's history, where before the Gula, after 200 years of damage, from Haskalah and other influences. Shevet Levi, if you put Shevet Levi with Shevet Yisachar, 
So Shevet Levi is one twelfth. Shevet Yisachar also the Lundi Teru the Klikedish. That's one sixth. The approximate ratio of from to not yet from Tinekeshenish, but not their fault at this point. But the ratio is this ratio, the one sixth. Even a medrash that says lots of love of the ratio of those who make it are going to be the same. But we don't know if that means can I get Klai Yisrael, including the not yet from or within the people who are from. Either way, it's uh, a very big number and a shocking ratio. But however that's going to play out, the Radak here is telling you that the people who have the Messiah, the people that are giving over the Messiah, have the Achrayas to be Mechazik there, Bitochan there, Amunah. And even though the whole capital talks about Bitochan and Amunah, the Radak says it's Kenegah Sheva Levi. They were already mislearning Ba'azaras. They were already in the Eilu Shaltair. They already had a Shaykhus to all the things in Ruchnius that can strengthen people, and therefore they had a bigger Achrayas. I believe that's our Achrayas as well. Anybody who was to have Torah mitzvahs, to have Torah in their life, to be able to give over the Messiah, anybody who was sitting at a Seder and understood what Torah mitzvahs and were able to explain it to their children, is a big, tremendous Achrayas on us to. Well, share it with those who don't have it yet. Share it with those who have it, but make sure we help others capitalize on their ruchnias, mechazik each other, and bitachan and amuna. And the achrayas is, I believe, Baruch Hashem being capitalized on. I look at what Klai Yisrael is doing. We all see what Klai Yisrael is doing, the chesed, and the learning under difficult circumstances, and the staka, and the lundi terra, and the askanim, and everybody is pitching in that's what the Nisayan here is for, to see how we perform. And as well as we're doing, we have to even push to do more and figure out ways, use our chachma and how to even use it in a way we haven't thought of yet and look for people who need it. The end of the capital, the Chavetz Chaim has just one line, the Chavetz Chaim has very beautiful zog on where this fits in. Just like Rashi at the beginning said that the more bitachan we have, the more we're going to be zeichet to siyat and protection. Lashon l'chavetz chayim, magdil chazda v'tuva imeisha hu. At the end, anoche b'tzar means Hashem is always recording, always watching. And those who pass the Nisayan and those who hold on to the bitachan and are Internalizing it, all the machayvim, that people had, everybody is going through something. And if a person went through it, and he didn't complain, he didn't have tainas, he didn't question, that's going to lead to and that we're going to be given the full schar and lepum tzara agra. I will end with two machshavas. I noticed this year in the Haggadah from Abchayim, so they asked Abchayim, how does a person get the Simcha? Which means, how do we remain calm while going through all the ups and downs in life? How do you have Simcha? Simcha is a direct result of how much a person is working on the Bitoch and the Amunah. Not a taina on anybody, and everybody has their peckle, and everybody is dealing with different things, and the human condition, we're always looking at other people, why does he have it easier, why does she have it easier? Nobody really knows what's going on. And 
it's probably better to look in our own Dalaramis and try to develop these themes of Bitochen so that we can react in the most positive way and share that Simcha with others. And the Simcha is a function of being content and being calm in any situation. So when they asked Ab Chaim, he said a very short answer. He quotes the Milchas Taida. If a person has Seichel, he doesn't need an Eitzah, meaning he held this is such a Yesoid, such a central Yesoid in Yiddishkeit that a person has to be calm and be simcha in every situation if they're not using the seichel to try to explore the sugya, it's a sugya like anything else, the sugya bitachon amuna, giving an eitzah, a quick eitzah, is not going to work. Rabbi Chaim is well aware that being be simcha and remaining calm all the time is a tremendous avayda. I think the message over here is, it's not something you can get a quick eitzah for. There's no quick schooler. It's a lifetime of learning and bitachon amuna. And he brings down that they asked the briskarov, why is it that children, you look at a five-year-old, a six-year-old in the street, and they're frolicking in the sun, and they're having a great time. How do they attain simcha so quickly? The answer is, we would say they're children, and they don't have an achrayis, and have nothing to worry about, and why not go play in the sun? We adults have achrayis, and we have deadlines, and we have issues, and we have families to raise, and panasa to make, and these are big shibudim. Abhaim's point is, yes, and as you grow into adulthood, and every age always thinks that it can't get more complicated, I try to remind the teenagers, I hope to remain uh, in touch with the machshavas I still remember, that when you're 10, and when you're 13, and when you're 15, you, you think it can't get more complicated than this, and every age has its challenges. And don't want to scare anybody, but yes, it can get more challenging. But with the challenge, the Seicha grows, Ruchnius grows, and Neshama grows, and we have more Torah, more Avaida, and the point of all this is to develop this Midah, Bitochon, Amuna, so that forgetting for a moment the Frumkite issue, if you want to sell it to somebody, how important it is, just the fact that we can remain calm and the fact that we can be happy people. There's no point of being happy unless the happiness is within Avedis Hashem and for Avedis Hashem and to spread the Avedis Hashem in That's what it's for. But you, there's no quick route. You can't just get there. There's no quick Eitzah. It's developing these Midas of Bitochen and Amuna and trying to understand the Midas of Akash Baruch Hu and understanding what we don't understand and being content with that. I'll end with a beautiful three lines out of a Beautiful, moving Hakdama to Shir Hashirim from Rashi, Rabban Shal Yisrael. We just saw Shir Hashirim. I was looking at the Hakdama. Look it up yourself afterwards. It's I'm not going to do justice to a few lines, but I think three lines are very apropos for what we're dealing with and what we still have to capitalize on. Gullus is not easy. This particular Gullus since the end of World War II till now. Baruch Hashem, we're not going through a war. It's been very difficult, and there are people still need Yeshua, and there are people Nebuch are no longer here, and it's been very difficult. If we would be talking to our great-grandparents, our grandparents, perhaps our parents, and we had to contrast it with what was then, probably still easier the fact that we're able to sit and listen to Ashir and the security of our home without worrying about the pogroms and inquisitions. That doesn't make it easy for the people who are still dealing with it and therefore we can't forget that we have to be mechazik ourselves and be mechazik others. With that said, gullus is gullus 
And perhaps due to Neskat Noaderis, the fact that we just had a Holocaust and before that a World War I, and before that pogroms on Oshir. So, Kosh Baruch Hu's Mitzvah knows what we can handle, and we had a long, long period of respite. Not without its problems, but Lamaisa, Hashem knows what we can handle. And we're not looking to handle more and be Magdal than Nisayan. Again, we dive in every morning, Shalom with Nisayan. However, Rashi reminds us that Golas is Golas, and Shira Shirim was written by Shlomo Melech, and it's all a mushal. Shlomo, Rashi tells us, is the name of Akosh Baruch Hu. And it's all written, Baruch HaKadosh, about the Matzav and the Golas, the Golas HaShchina, and the fact that we're not in Eitz Yisrael, we don't have a Besamitish, we don't have the Avodah, we don't have the Kedusha, and we'd like to come back. Let me read to you the Lashon of Rashi in the Akdama. Aymarani, Shara Shlomo, Baruch HaKadosh, Asidim Yisrael, and Klai Yisrael will realize that it would have been much better had we done it right while we were still in Yisrael. And they long for their status. We still have the status as the Amenifcher, but they long for their status as the Amenifcher in Yisrael with the Kedusha, with the Besamiktish, with the Siat Hashmaya, with the Nevuah, with the Nisim. And we long to have the Chiba, which we still have inherently, but that Hashem should show us the Chiba, Benigla, that we should be a school of Mechola Amim, which we still are, but that everybody should see it. I want to go back to my husband, it was far better there, and it's Better, and we all realize this, to work hard and sweat and have Amelus and Avedis Hashem rather than have to spend the Amelus and the distractions in the Golis. And we long to have those Tevas back, which we will have in Mitzvah Bachar Sayamim. And Rashi says, And the Marshal Nanimshol is a lady who's not really an Amana, but it's Amana's highest. She's putting a matzah where it looks like she's an Amana. And the Shechina Kaviachol also longs for us. This is, we all read it this past Shabbos. And it's replete with the description of the relationship and the Ava with Klai Yisrael and the Shekhinah. And the purpose of Shir Hashem is to remind us that we can't give up on that longing. We can't give up on that ideal of the perfect relationship. We're still the Yaman We're still the Eishas HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he will bring us back. And it's Hashem, we should see it. Mehera, it's still the season of Geula. Rav Meisha, on Rosh Chedesh, after Pesach, always used to give a krechs. And one of the Talmidim asked him, so we think Yantiv is over, and we don't want to see it go. It's certainly true. Rav Meisha says, Benison, we had a Geula, and it's a propitious time. It can happen any time during the year, but it's a propitious time. And I'm giving a krechs because I'm sad that Iyer is now here and the Gula didn't come yet. May it's Hashem, we should come to this next Rosh Chedish, sitting in Yushalayim. And we should be Besimcha, Bebrius, Brius and Ruchnius and Gashmius, which is Zechet, the Gula Shlema, 
well before then with Amishpachis, and we should have the schus to bring as many people as we can with us, all the Yidden who are not yet fully understanding what's at stake. It should all be Mekurv, and they should all come with us. Mitzvah Shem Thank you for listening. A good maid and a wonderful yantiv, and everybody should stay safe. Thank you again, Rabari.